You're listening to Mission Control. Oh shit, oh shit. Our first podcast of 2014. Happy New Year. With my sidekick, Daryl Sunday. What's up? And we're here with our debut guest, who's on our very first podcast, Mr. Alex Canyon. That's right. Thank you for having me, boys. No walkers. And the first for another new year. Yeah. Um, yeah. You were on our thir- very, very, very first episode, and it's been two years. That's, that's a trip. That's awesome. So Johnny tells me that was about 16 years ago, wasn't it? <laughs> that first one. Yeah. yeah. And my thing, how things have changed. <laughs> uh, we're we're all, how are the kids, boys? Yeah, yeah, they're all right, eh? Yeah. Let's make dad, no- no- <laughs> make dad noises for about 10 seconds. <laughs> Let's just all get our Bob Saget yeah. on. Yeah. 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 I just uh, clipped him over the year a couple of times. What's new? Oh. How's Voyager? Voyager's good. Congrats on the airplay on Triple J. Thank you very much. Yes. What, is that the new single? It is indeed, yeah. Breaking Down. Um, and we... Is there a breakdown in it? <laughs> no, and you know what? Who is it? Someone on Facebook said, unless the song is just five minutes of breakdown, they're going to be very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> there was actually a couple of sub drops in one of the songs that we made. Matt Templeman, our um, our mixer, is enough uh, omit to... from the from the final product. Definitely, <laughs> is it enough to rumble the rectum? Uh yeah, but it kind of impedes on my territory because you know, as a bass player, I feel that's my job. <laughs> Awesome. So not, not that, sonically, just I mean generally. What, what does it sound like? Is it cool? <laughs> yeah. Is it, is it yeah. actually good? Oh, well, I like to think so. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, it's hard to push a really crap product, isn't it? And yeah, um, did no. Andrew Hope play it or? No, no. This was. Played? It's being played tonight as well, uh, and this is the basically the exclusive playing on the racket. So oh, cool. Lachlan from the racket is going to be playing it, but he was actually on the Louis McCurdy show. Um, in the afternoon and I think every week he comes in and on a Tuesday and they have a chat and get to play something cool. So it was kind of like a soft release into cool. the into the world. So a pre alpha. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, as a I I actually listen to Triple J quite a lot, which I never used to, but I guess I'm a bit of a hipster now. And <laughs> it's uh no, so yeah, it was a great exposure, obviously being being played. At, at like one one o'clock one thirty in the afternoon. That's pretty good. That's a, that's prime time. Mm. Pretty much everyone's listening at that time. Well, totally. I figure if it was a bad song, you'd call it Breaking Bad. But... Breaking. <laughs> or a bad song about death. Yeah. <laughs> that's a nice plug for AMC's Breaking <laughs> Bad. <laughs> uh, awesome. So any any tours, any shows? I swear, like you're doing a launch every every couple of months. Like, no I, man. No? no no. We've been. Um, all last year, we were very, very quiet on the on the performing front, and um, we're we're definitely keen to get back into it this year. But you know, a, a lot of it was focused around getting getting the album done and writing it. Mm. We rehearsed it a lot, and uh, yeah, it's it's in the mixing phase at the moment. But um, cool. Oh, so it hasn't even been mixed yet. Not completely. No. So you only that one track has yeah. been mixed and mastered. Where? Yeah. 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 Um, cool. We're getting. Um, I don't think that's even the complete. Um, but that might not be. We've we've got someone in the works that might be mastering it, but but Matthew Templeman, um, he's the guy that's doing everything so far. He's the man. He's the man. Yeah, uh, a bit more of a. Um, I guess probably a couple of years ago, if someone said we we're going to go with him and not him personally, we're we're good friends, and that's how we you know came to be working with him. 
but his his production um, values are very you know he he does a lot of bands that are in the metalcore and yeah who else is he mixed well he's done he's done statues um of, of course he's in statues and they're like I guess a mix between kind of like uh, Rage Against the Machine and the Chariot um and yeah like hardcore kind of mixed with yeah they're pretty crazy mm, with big rock riffs yeah. Mm. Um, he did Life Pilot um, from this uh, from South Australia, and he's done a, yeah he's done a lot of different he's he's doing a lot of different bands like a lot of upcoming ones as well. He's kind of um, I guess like he's kind of getting into that same role as I guess maybe Roland Lim was mm-hmm. before he left um, to go back to Singapore. Those those kinds of bands ones I don't know I like I'm not in touch with them or anything. But yeah, big big upfront from. Voyager have always been really about a European kind of um, market sensibility in production. Yeah, yeah, yeah. true. Um, yeah. Now, now it's kind of like Matt Tellerman's style is very US, mm-hmm. you know, very aggressive, upfront, loud. Um, so yeah, I mean, we we obviously go, we um, we're able to converse with him about everything that goes on and make sure we're all happy with it. But it's sounding huge, man. Yeah, it's, awesome. it's, it's kind of it's a very very different direction but it, it makes voyager sound very big in a in a way that even with uh jens bogren who did our last album the meaning of i um it's a very different kind of big hmm. so what you're saying is you've moved from using marshals to mu- using mezzas <laughs> well we actually do you know what we a lot of from, from what i know of the guitar tracking process we we did a lot of reamping. um and the the meaning of I the album was blended it was yeah it was a, a Mesa dual rec with a Marshall I think it's a JCM two thousand mm, and that was yeah, a blended oh. blended tone yeah blending amps that's, that's so a great amp yeah yeah, yeah really good good one for the boys <laughs> yeah so yeah I mean that that was that worked out really well the tone on that was was really awesome this this time round I think it was reamped with with just Scott's Marshall surprisingly because normal normally Marshalls for us don't really work that well how do you go from taking your uh, studio sound onto stage do you sort of try and take what you've found in the studio sound and bring it on stage or do you sort of try and make the live sound a flat sort of for the live and keep it separate or yeah well for the the good thing about the way voyager works we, we have a lot of um electronics and a lot of sequencing and stuff like that so as a on the live front, we want it to be a really well-oiled machine and sound huge and have absolutely no dead air on the stage at all between songs. Mm. It's never like, thank you, and then... It's no, it's always like, as soon as that... Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just, um, can someone grab me a pint? <laughs> <laughs> so many bands are guilty of that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just we try and, try and avoid any awkward silence or, you know... Mm. Maybe even allow, you know, don't allow room for heckling, you know. <laughs> so it's sort of like keeping this sort of theatrical performance where it's sort of an ongoing show. Yeah, well, we don't thing. want to take any attention away. And and not to mention, like, it, it is awkward when you've got, like, this pumping song and then all of that, it stops and then you can kind of hear everyone talking. Mm-hmm. And yeah. You're like, oh, it's... It breaks the spell of it, eh? Yeah. Yeah, totally breaks I the spell. I used to get really frustrated with that, sort of, you'd play a song and as soon as it would stop, like I'd be there, sort of amped up, and sort of jump. Like let's go next song, next song. Mm. Oh, I've got to wait for someone to tune. Fucking, I'm gonna sit up and say, like, <laughs> yeah. come on, come on. And yeah. it's a drop. It's a drop in atmosphere. Mm. And you know, you don't have that in stage performances or 
um, or movies or anything like that mm. most of the time. You've really just got to be locked in there. But because because the way we, I guess we use so much, I guess not so much compared to a lot of bands nowadays, but we use the technology where our drummer's using a click track and, mm. and you know, we're, we're feeding a lot to the audience to make it sound huge. So a lot of what you will hear on the album, we can directly translate that over. Yeah. You know, we can put that in the live setting. And, you know, we use... Um, we use a device like a playback device, which allow us to um, speed up or slow down songs on the fly with oh, with, cool. with lossless quality. I know. usually do that it to actually pitch. playing slower and yeah. then playing faster. But if you've got technology that does it for you. Yeah, well, we still have to play our instruments, John. <laughs> oh, I mustn't leave that part out. Yeah, that whole That's what I've thing. been missing. Well, yeah, I do anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so who, who kicks off the song? Is it Ash behind the drums that initiates the song or is no, it just like one continuous track that- danny our frontman has a uh he 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 controls it yeah so if mm-hmm. there's ever a problem we can go bang yeah it's off you know, yeah. a remote or something like that um sometimes because there is this you know we're using a couple of di's and there's the more links you have in the chain the, the more potential there is for weakness and and mistakes yeah and things like that so if if the you know as, as well as many other bands. So sometimes we have a problem or something like that. If there's a, a click issue going to the mm. the drummer, we have to stop. Suddenly we can. But, you know, even then, when there's technical di- technical difficulties... Um, and speech we, difficulties. Yeah, and speech difficulties. <laughs> and slash impediments. We, um, no, no, we, we, um, we're all um, well experienced in our craft to know that, you know, yeah. you've really got to take the attention away from that. So we'll start, you know... Scott mm. and I, or someone, will just start playing something or mucking around, or yeah. So, so how much? How much is actually backing track? Do you have just layers, or yeah, in, entire vocal tracks, or entire no. guitar solos? No, no, <laughs> no God, no. The entire set. Just yeah. kidding, Simone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of um, there was a lot of uproar um, when the the prevalence of this of this way of performing was was starting to to really kind of come out. Um, a lot of bands were just flamed by people online for yeah for having guitar solos and stuff over the backing track, and yeah when we were we were at that time we hadn't started to do that but we're like whoa okay we're gonna do this I mean why would we want to take a guitar solo away from someone that can play it yeah. anyway that's not the issue everything is played in the studio mainly the only thing that's sequenced is is um, just like layering keyboards mm. yeah. Um, and that was a that was a very conscious decision made um, years back now that would allow Danny to actually be a really good frontman, you know, mm. and yeah. because I don't know whether you guys you probably saw back in the day um, even before my time in the band, but Danny, our singer, would always have a, a double tiered keyboard stand. Yep. Yeah, that's right. In yeah. the middle of the stage, you know, mm-hmm. and I remember seeing them at Amplifier one time, and the stage was quite high, or if you go to Capitol or somewhere like that, or the Monkey Bar, it was called back then. <laughs> Um, you wouldn't even be able to see him, you know, and you can't you can't interact and hold an audience when you're when you've got you know a yeah, big wall yeah. in front of you. So mm. all solos and stuff like that, completely live. Um, there's still still functionality through through yeah. his 1989 Roland uh, red keyboard. Yeah, Kita. Yeah, Kita. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no, the live element. We, we love playing live, and that's I I would really hate doing live performances if it was going to be so. You know, just a Britney Spears concert. You know, yeah. It's only it's only adding to the uh, yeah to the overall performance, and that's why we do it. Mm. 
Yeah. How do you, how do you find your European audiences? Well, we haven't we haven't been over to Europe in a while now. Um, my second tour with the band was in after I joined was in two thousand and eight, and that was in Europe. And I was just on nineteen back then, and that was wild. Like at at the time that uh, the album Universe had just come out, we were releasing that, and you know. Being an 19-year-old kid, had just kind of gone into this band and then we're signing autographs after every show in, you know, in Germany and Switzerland and Denmark and things like that. It was just, man, spun out. Yeah. And Voyager had always been that European band. You know, it was always like, if it's if it's going to take off anywhere, it'll be Europe. Mm. But, you know, much to our surprise, it's it's taken off in the States in a really big way, mm. a, w- a way that we never, ever anticipated. Prog Power was the um, US festival that you played. Was it? it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, the audience there, loved it too, right? Totally, yeah. yeah. We we hold, um, according to the event um, promoter, the, like the guy Glenn Harveston, he um, he's got a like a a list of moments, and he he still to this day since our performance in two thousand and twelve, mm-hmm. um, maybe it was in two thousand eleven. I can't remember now. Um, <laughs> He, um, yeah, he credits, we, we had the longest signing session at, out of the festival's history. Right, you know, and that's right. with Theory and um, God, so many bands, so many bands. But we were, we were there at the table after our performance for two and a half hours signing stuff. Mm. And we almost, I think we sold out of our CDs as well that we'd launched that night. So, yeah, it was crazy, man. Like, crazy. That, was a huge, awesome. that was a huge landmark mm. in Voyager history, definitely. Fuck yeah. What's, what state was that? That was in Atlanta. Atlanta. Cool. Walking Dead. Atlanta, Georgia. Walking Dead. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Did you see any zombies? (laughs) I remember getting (laughs) quite quite crazy after the performance. I'd had loads and loads of drinks and a lot of love (laughs) thrown my way. So, yeah, pretty much I think we were walking down the main highway like (laughs) (laughs) like a zombie. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, you get a video camera in in here for these moments, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> People couldn't see the the little walk that you did. Um, <laughs> what what is it about? I guess that you you do have a pretty, I guess, um, appealing sound, and and I guess it's the the theatrics on stage as well that add to it. You're pretty animated. You don't kind of stand around and be gloomy. It, yeah. you, you have fun, which is cool. Yeah, I think a lot of metal, you know, they takes itself a little bit too seriously but totally yeah yeah and it, you know that's not for everyone that is mm. for a lot of people and that's why a lot of people were drawn to it certainly why i was um i think it's because voyager's uh in conception was based around joke power metal mm-hmm. you know it was it was before they did their first album um i say they because i wasn't a part of it back then uh, yeah it just seems completely different to me um yeah, they were always like, you know, they were Perth's kind of power metal joke band. Mm. You know, it wasn't, it was definitely not taken so seriously because they were doing, you know, a lot of covers and they did the, all the falsetto vocals and <laughs> yeah. yeah, stuff that a lot of people find comical because it's just so outlandish and flamboyant, you know. And then, and then the, the, as time went on and more material was written, it, you know, it started to get a lot more serious. People came and people went. And with each subsequent change and shift in the members and the band, it just became more solid. But but it was still always rooted in having fun. And, um, you know, we we don't... A lot of people kind of get spun out when they see us live for the first time because they're like, whoa, it's just like, you know, they, they can't get around how much fun 
the whole thing is, you know, mm-hmm. and like how much fun we have. That's a comment that always comes back to us, you know. It's always like we had fun, but you know, we were enjoying the fact that we could see that you guys were having so much fun. You're just loving it, you know. Mm. It boils down to humility as well, you know. We we're so like lucky and you know and really privileged to be in this position where we can do what we love in front of people that want to see it and praise us for doing so mm. and it makes us you know really humble and, and really appreciative of, of the moment mm. so we can yeah we can unleash it there's no there's no kind of there's no act to be portrayed on stage the the seriousness of what we do is in the music you know yeah but there's no reason why we can't have fun doing it <laughs> do you do you slack off at all when you come back to perth and play you plan to mates and people you know and <laughs> no no i mean like there's we we seldom do perth shows a lot of perth shows you know um we definitely come from i guess the the thought the thought that like you know we we want to keep people interested in it and not bored of it mm. yeah no i've definitely noticed sort of the past sort of recent more gigs you played in perth how the crowds sort of picked up more like as you're saying before when you started it was sort of unknown or sort of mm. not used to it and now it's, as it's picked up the crowds have sort of got a lot more into it and yeah oh totally bring it you know better, and so. a lot you know even one of the the last shows that we did um we've we've got like a de- yeah we've got a dedicated kind of front row front section yeah now <laughs> yeah. you know of a lot of really crazy fans and people yeah. people were holding up sign a couple of signs it says voyager fuck my ear pussies <laughs> you know when you see that it's just it's that's yeah. awesome it's hilarious it, yeah. it's really it's really you know it uh, makes you feel good in it yeah you, you you can definitely tell a voyager fan and you you kind of know that they'll have a good sense of humor which i, I i've i've found you kind of have to i thought yeah. you know there there are people that don't like voyager because they just think yeah it's just like it, yeah. uh, it's a bit stupid or it's a yeah. bit naff or whatever mm. that's fine you know Naff is awesome. I love naff. It's a good word, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna. I was just gonna say. I saw one of those promo recent promo photos you've done for the band. Do you have like a Maybelline endorsement that you're not telling anyone? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, guyliner! It's just the thing, man. It, and it, 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 I, it's and Mr. Raccoon, thing, yeah. I, let's let's not forget <laughs> about your Raccoon days. <laughs> Okay, okay. Mr. Johnny Boy. <laughs> See, no, this is where I was going to Mr. Ghost say. of Andrea. I, I haven't forgotten those days. <laughs> no, no. It, it, suits, it suits the style of the music. It suits yeah. the whole sort of, you know, the image that you sort of bring across, whereas I just looked silly. <laughs> <laughs> I think we just apply a little bit less than you. <laughs> no, but see, yeah, well, that's, for me, I was going excessive. I was going all out on it. I wasn't, yeah. doing, I wasn't doing it delicately. Like, mm. It's just, I put, well, my, I put my eyeliner on like a guy. Like a guy, yeah. <laughs> tight, clenched, <laughs> white knuckled fist, just jamming it in your face, nah, like a just, child holding a crayon. Fingers, yeah. Just dip your fingers in in, in black paint and just it's war paint. Scrape it across. <laughs> well, listen, there's a couple of reasons for that, and a lot of people already know it if they've ever done a photo shoot or ever been on camera or anything. It it does help to have makeup on. Every show you see, or someone will be wearing foundation at, at the very least. You know. Mm. But mm. yeah, you know, screw it. <laughs> we can do it. Why not? Yolo, yolo. Uh, you know, I, it is very funny when I've had a couple of black metal dudes that you know in jest have given me crap about that, and I'm like, really, really, you're like covering your whole body in paint, you know, and smearing <laughs> it on. Yeah, yeah. So I went to the um, Advent Sorrow gig at the Charles Street last Friday. Yeah, the other night. Yeah. And it was funny because like all, I think there was a band from Singapore or some people from Singapore were playing. Yeah. With. Dan from Watermonic, he was drumming. and But all these bands were sort of like more the sort of bogan metal sort of players just get up in their band shirts and that. 
mm. when Advent come on and they've gone to all that sort of effort to put their makeup and they've got all their clothes, they just sort of have this sort of presence, like this aura of mm. being this sort of band that, mm. you know, it goes that same effort of putting in the whole sort of... It's cohesive. Thing. Like, it's a, it's a thing. It makes like a, a difference, nice doesn't it? Because yeah. it, it, it shows that they're really into what they're doing and they care, mm. you know. The, the commitment of, and the dedication, yeah. it translates. Yeah. I don't think there's ever been a band, even if other people were doing it, where I haven't worn like at least a nice black shirt. Mm-hmm. It's And it's just always kind of like, ah, really? Like, you're just going to... I see you in that shirt every other day. You know, I don't know. That's just my opinion of it. But mm. it, it does look more professional. It helps. When it totally helps. Yeah, when you're up there and you're you're looking like a person that cares, you mm. know. But that's not what metal is all the time, you know. Metal is a big <laughs> fuck you to it. The normal, mm. the normal thought press processes. Well, see, like I've always looked at it as like being in a band. Well, being in a band is essentially a job because you're running a business type thing. So essentially, it's almost like going on stage. You're presenting yourself. You're presenting your product. You want to sort of wear a uniform that represents that mm. as well. And you're trying to, you know, sell or what you've got. Some sort of a vibe. You mm. know, some sort of a something a, vi- a visual element to carry along with the sound mm. that's cohesive mm. that, that that's one whole package that you want to see it does depend on on what you're doing like mm. in in the last year like i had a like a massive kind of lifestyle shift where i, I went out of the insurance industry mm-hmm. for from four and a half years to to working one in a, like in a music store and also doing um cover work you know so like most of last year i was playing at the sail and anchor doing like a lot of improv um kind of fusion funk mm-hmm. stuff like that some covers as well yeah, yeah. but they were like Nige- uh, like um, Michelle Najaya Cello um, okay like kind of a bit more left of field ones are like oh geez Onra and London Electricity I think they're called and Yannick Wazdala and stuff like that where we it was Scott and I doing it we'd swap between guitar and bass so we'd, we'd keep it interesting mm-hmm. and the other two guys the, either the drummer or the keyboard player would be you know their whopper jazz graduates so it was it was really good to have that musical experience but the dress thing is still nice you know mm. and if someone comes like you say is to, to the office like if I'm running the, the show that night or whatever and you know and you're walking in like with kind of shabbily dressed yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have a bit of a problem with it mm. It's just a bit annoying that someone's not putting in as much effort as the rest. Well, it, get, it gets you in the mood as a performer as well. Yeah. 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 Well, you know. Apparently, like, Nick Cave, when he, he writes in his basement, he'll still dress up to write. Yeah. Because <laughs> he, you're in that mindset. You're, even though you're going to be a little bit uncomfortable, mm. don't you? That was going to hurt a bit. You're going <laughs> to suffer a bit. That was, like, the best sort of thing with Matty Trash is that whole sort of before the gig is, you know, we'd all pile into the bathroom and start doing the makeup and yeah. put all the blood on. And that was sort of the psyching us up for that show that when we get up there, we just sort of go all out and just sort of mm. let shit happen. Mm. It's like a pre-show yeah. ritual. ritual almost. <laughs> it is. And then you get like, um, I can vouch for Advent Sorrow at least because I was, um, I was, we played the same festival as them, Hamasonic in um, Jakarta last year, you know, and that was, it felt like Perth at the moment now, sweltering hot and humid. And they were the same get up, you know, jackets and... Just corpse paint, but it was dripping all over everything by the end of it. But it's like, wow, okay, yeah, you still commit, you're still committing yeah. to that that thing. You yeah, know, that yeah. takes conviction, and you got to respect conviction. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't see events or in shorts and singlets. <laughs> no, as much as I'm sure they were like, fuck, I wish I was wearing shorts and singlets. <laughs> you can't once you start like 
applying corpse paint to to limbs. Yeah, once you've committed, it looks, looks like sunscreen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which it probably it might be anyway. <laughs> That's a really good idea. Like, why don't they just wear zinc in hot, you know, environments like that, outdoor yeah. settings? Corpse paint sunscreen. Corpse zinc. Corpse zinc. Yeah. <laughs> That's a new product. You should patent that. Patent. Patent yeah. pending. Patent pending. <laughs> yeah, I, I like their um their vests and stuff. It's kind of like bikery almost. That's what I, that's what it reminds me of, like the patches and the the vests. Yeah, mm. I think it's 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 hard for the black metal genre now to image wise be different mm. because the black metal image is so entrenched in tradition as well. You know, as well as a lot of ingenuity isn't so warmly accepted mm. because that's just the way it is. Mm. So when you've got these, you know, third wave black metal now. What starting from probably like the, the early to mid nineties, I think. If I get my black metal history right, um, <laughs> it's you know you've had you've had bands like you know thirteen forty nine, um, like your Dimmu Borgias, your um, Cradle of Filths, all, all those you know those newer newish bands doing these you know really elaborate costumes. You know Dimmu Borgia did that great. You know, and their last I saw them at Soundwave maybe a couple of years back, and they were all in white. You know, oh, just cool. different. Mm. You know, and mm. they looked they looked more like they were you know they had been manufactured in the snow capped mountains of Norway, you know, <laughs> rather than a, like a dank kind of BDSM leather workshop. Yeah, it, it does get kind of be yeah bondagey because there's so much leather and spikes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, do, do you, you get a little bit turned on sometimes watching it? No, not really. It, it just it looks like um, <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it was a joke, though. <laughs> I, know. I know I'm thinking like it's, it's thinking too hard. very easy to be like, I guess that word again, naff and just, you know, the same spike collars and the, the chains yeah. and stuff. It does look a bit hom- homoerotic, but the amount of the amount of black leather and coarse paint that was in Romania at the Rockstad Festival. Mm. Ooh, I'm yeah. surprised that people just didn't die from over overheating. They just, nah. It is a dense, <laughs> uh, dense material. <laughs> and I, I actually feel bad for the life of me. I can't really remember most of the bands that played that festival because it was a three-day festival. It was just blur into black one. metal. Yeah, just crazy wow. shit. But that's the thing. Like <clears throat> my girlfriend knew all the, like a lot of the bands by name. For me, it was just sort of taking the music and the environment and just sort mm. of being able to sort of just watch people in, like almost in their their home. Like you know, we watch Perth bands here in Perth, and watching those you know real Swedish Norway metal bands over there in Romania. Yeah. Is that sort of just seeing them in their native... It's interesting world. seeing them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> comparing, like it, yeah comparing it to, to other... The way things work, yeah. I, mm. I kind of... I admit I've been like that as well on being on tour. And because you play shows in, in home so often and you get to know the way things work, you know, mm. and the way people are. It gets are. very routine. It gets very dull. Well, nothing yeah, you, nothing you, exciting you, happens. Yeah, if you're playing in like... I don't know, somewhere like somewhere different like Quebec, mm-hmm. for example, or somewhere like that. And, you know, you're expecting people to get rowdy and it just doesn't happen. Like, everyone's very polite, yeah. but they're very responsive. And you're like, whoa, okay, there's all these little tiny, mm. you know, idiosyncrasies with each, with each place that you visit. And it's all just a little bit different, you know. It's, it's yeah. comparing Springfield to Shelbyville. <laughs> yeah, I really like that analogy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I, I enjoyed walking around watching the crowd at that festival as well. Some that... That's some insane shit. You know, you see like the, um, you know, people in mud 
you know, just having big circle pits and stuff. Yeah. And over there, they just do it insane, insanely big. Of course, there's security guards walking around with AK-47s and stuff. Yeah. But they're just like off peeing in Some the bushes <laughs> and not really taking a, a big thing about it. But hmm. What do you think about who's like kind of the, the local... Do, do you catch much metal? Like, I know a lot of people, a few people that play metal don't really go to metal shows. Mm. Or they kind of grow out, not really grow out, but they kind of, I guess, surpass that where they just open up to more music. Like, I know you're definitely one of those people. Mm. Um, do you do you go out and watch a lot of metal or I no. guess you just... No, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't, no, admittedly, I haven't been to a metal show in ages. Um, mm. Partly because I, I guess metal, for me now as a person, it doesn't do nearly as much mm. as it did you know, in my when you were an angry formative kid. years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I used to be at a stage where all I listened to was metal and yeah. that got pretty old pretty fast after about two, three years. Yeah. I was like, I need something else. <laughs> That's right, yeah. yeah. Well, for me, it was all, like, it, it lasted a lot longer than that. I mm-hmm. mean, I still, yeah, I still really like metal. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's the way I've come to think of it because I thought about this as well. I was like, man, like, why don't I, why don't I really just kind of I don't even really listen to metal all that much now. And it, I think the difference is that I'm a musician and I think about music holistically rather than, um, you know, segmented. And hmm. in, in a, a lot of people are really kind of like, it's this or nothing. Hmm. And for me, like even when I was in the, you know, when I was going to shows every single, every single weekend, that's that's totally was what I was about as well. It's kind of like, well, it, it, at the very least, the a prerequisite for me to enjoy it was that it has to be heavy. Mm. Whereas now, like, I've gone a bit older. There's some aggression out of my life. I've dealt with a lot of, you know, a, you know, a lot of depression that has seen me through things that were darker than metal mm. itself. And it's like, okay, wow, like I'm living that in the flesh and personally. So, like. It's not like I was in a good place and I wanted to feel bad because, you know, and, and listening to metal was a great outlet for that. But mm. when, you're, when you're feeling that way naturally, you're kind of like, ah, you know, like I, I, you start to see the sadness <laughs> and, and so like, you know, and desperation in everything, mm-hmm. not just that one, you know, sonic element of a genre. Totally, yeah. So to me, like, I, you know, I started, I've, I've always listened to everything. My, my parents are kind of, kids of the 80s um, and they had me when they were young so I've, I was always kind of around really like yeah kind of like 80s music and 90s music and I really like a lot of my personality is is very bubbly and very happy and fun loving mm-hmm. and I like cheesy music you know yeah not all cheesy music but I like cheesy <laughs> slap bass and yeah, yeah. synths and synth and you like yeah you like your sugary pop hooks yeah, yeah, to yeah. to an extent, but yeah. but I also like you know I was now I'm kind of like coming coming to see the uh, the appeal behind rock music, uh, like I guess alternative rock music. Mm-hmm. I was never that was one genre that was like that is the most boring fucking shit ever. Mm. Rock music is just it's you know it's the we've we've gone past that now. Like yeah. why are people still churning it out? Rock is in like. For example, what like was I mean, like rock, like um, oh, indie rock, 
alternative rock, Triple J type rock. Okay, right, yeah. You know? Yeah. Commercial rock. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, not like not like 96 FM rock. Yeah, yeah. But rock that, um, yeah, so I, I guess it was never really my thing because it was just, it seemed a bit watered down for me. Mm-hmm. Funnily enough, once I started working in a music store and I kind of was looking at things from a whole different perspective, I'm like, wow, like there's actually a lot of cool stuff. Something for Kate is a <laughs> really good example of a band that could easily be a doom metal band. Mm-hmm. I actually, I went to Paul Dempsey's um, concert. He's amazing. A few yeah. months back, yeah. yeah. Um, and there is a photo online on my Instagram if you'd like to see it. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Paul Alex Dempsey. Canyon. <laughs> He is one tall mofo. Yeah, he is. I he was doing his shotgun karaoke tour, right? Which was really cool. I, I've started to kind of dabble in that myself. I want to do solo EP, do two solo EPs this year. I've got a whole bunch of material written, mm-hmm. and that was a really inspiring moment. I saw him before the gig on the streets of Fremantle, and I had to, had a chat to him. Like, man, like, do you realize, like, from me being in all these years in a in a doom metal band, um, Noctis, of course, if you remember. Mm-hmm. I said to him, like, there's so many similarities between something for Kate music and and doom metal. If it and and all it is is like the the essence of the music is the same. It's just it's what filter you put through it. It's it's kind Mm -hmm. of what tools, what clay you're using to to make that. So Mm -hmm. to to me, it's not like it's not like fuck metal only this music is real now it never was that and it was never really like that f- for me completely but now being older i've got different priorities in life yeah you know but you, you found the the unifying thread with yeah. all genres the life that. force yeah exactly of music you gaia know? man the earth <laughs> essence <laughs> totally it's like you know it's like the force but you know you can have the force if you're a, a sith lord if you want to use the dark side or you can become a Jedi, you know, yeah. you'll still be equally as powerful, but just but in different ways. it still comes from that essence. Yeah, is, it's yeah. the one thing. Yeah. So, to me, like, I, I, when I was listening to something, I never used to like them, because I'm like, man, they're just so, just drab. Like, yeah. I couldn't handle listening to it because it wasn't fast-paced. And yeah. listening back to it after having really gotten into, you know, the real doom side of, of mm-hmm. metal, I'm like, man, like, the only, the only thing that is differing them, these guys as a rock band, really, is their guitar tone. Hmm. Um, and drums, yeah. you know, like if you, if you really kind of take everything else and swap it around, it could be the most depressive shit you'll, you'll hear, you mm-hmm. know? Mm. So yeah, to me, to me, I really like that. I, I know as a songwriter and stuff like that as well, I like a little bit of posy vibes, you know, but mostly as long <laughs> as, <laughs> as long as it's like, as long as it is, it is mostly, mostly yeah. dark. It, I, I, there's always that attraction to it, but yeah, I, but put it this way, guys, like I, a lot of reasons why I don't go to these shows anymore. It was, yeah, anxiety and depression for mm-hmm. a couple of years, but um, that's all fine now. That's, that's totally fine. Um, I don't, I don't feel the need a, a lot of times to just be getting like smashed every, every weekend, every free yeah, time that's, that I that's have. totally mm-hmm. died for us. Like, yeah, I've got to stopped. work. And a lot yeah. of time as being a mu- musician as well, mm. I'm working those nights, mm-hmm. um, and I will be even more in this coming year. And, you know, I've got a lovely partner. I want to see her and hang out with her <laughs> as well, you know? Yeah, true. Yeah. So it, it, is a, it is a funny thing. And I probably, probably when I was younger, I probably would have been like, there's no way I'll never be going to, you know, but there's no way I'll never be always going to metal gigs because that, that's what drives me. Yeah. As, but 
man, like even even as you just get a bit older. Totally. Mm. I mean, if if you if I told my younger self that I'd be listening to hip hop, I would have just laughed. Yeah, <laughs> but that's what I do now. Yeah, I exactly. And like, I cut my hair last year, mm. and that like I, I'd had long hair for ten years. Mm. Probably you you probably had your long hair about that much. Yeah, longer well. than that. Twelve yeah. years. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and I was like, there's no fucking way I'm ever going to cut this hair. Like, mm. but you really like. I was I I knew if I was ever gonna c- cut it I would know I would definitely know and mm. I reached that point I'm like wow okay it's, sort of, it's, it's time like for change hits, it hits you yeah it's like, like man I'm fucking sick yeah. of it had ten years like that's a really good run I'm sick of wearing the same t-shirt every day mm. so let's, you can know it, hair grows back if you it want does. it if you want it again you can always grow it mm. yeah but I mean it's just yeah change exactly <laughs> the winds of change I mean it's just like when I read. A lot about um, because one of my favorite bands is um, Catatonia, and yeah, they're, they're yeah. like massive Jeff Buckley fans, mm-hmm. and it's cool. And then like the more you listen to it, you're like, actually, I can kind of hear it. Totally, you can kind of, like the, the guitar tones, some of the progressions and stuff like that. You're like, actually, yeah. The funny thing is, like, I I've been spinning Grace the last few months like nonstop, and mm. I've almost learned all the songs on the album as well. Like, I've just been. I've I've just really reconnected with that album, and I'd I'd heard it when I was thirteen or fourteen. Got into it then, but there was a lot of tracks on that album that just didn't make sense to a fourteen-year-old. Mm-hmm. Most of those songs on that album are about love and yeah. about loss and things that you can never relate to at that age. Yeah, and and a bit of um, I guess calling out to God and desperation and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. A li- I like the whole grace thing. It's a, it's kind of religious, but not. Without, well, yeah. without, it's really a subtle way of doing it. Having, cool. Yeah, well, having watched a lot of interviews now on YouTube, and he's like, like, why Grace? And he's like, I think that's what everyone should have, hmm. you know, and, that, and that's all that really we yeah. said about he it. He doesn't say God or, or, you know. But funnily enough, there's like, there's a lot of, a lot of lyrics in that Grace song that are like eerily relevant to the way he died. Hmm. If you, yeah. if you go back and, and look at the, like the. He's foreshadowing his death, like. Yeah, some of the songs are like it's weird. Yeah, blatantly. Um, I'm like, not afraid to go, but it goes so slow. Yeah, or and Dream Brother, mm, Dream his Dad. Yeah. yeah, I'm getting confused. Who 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 are we talking about? Ah, uh, Jeff Buckley. Oh, Jeff Buckley. I thought you yeah. were talking about Catatonia. <laughs> Sorry, no. Who no, died? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I took I took a right turn on that one. Um, <laughs> the reason why I mentioned that is because Catatonia has yeah also one of favorite band of mine there. They they merged the two really well, I guess. They, mm. They're big rock fans. And, and the melodies were like stuff. really ca- like catchy. Really they're really big fans of, of like Buckley's later demos released. Um, songs, what is it? Um, my, my Sweetheart the Drunk. The Drunk, yeah. yeah. And they they actually did a cover of uh, Nightmares by the Sea. Mm. Um, and it's it's really it's a more realized version of Jeff Buckley's. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. yeah. It's funny how it all spins around. It all comes full circle. Full circle. <laughs> this is a really serious discussion, guys. Sorry. <laughs> I should be more fun than this, shouldn't I? <laughs> Need more wine. Yeah. We'll take a quick break for a bit. Yeah. yeah. And we'll come back with more from Alex Get some Canyon. More, um, more seriousness. <laughs> You're listening to Mission Control. Shall I? <laughs> That was a nice break. Um, yeah, it was. It's very hot today. I do, I appreciate that massage. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> no problems. 
You didn't so, have to use that much oil, but <laughs> I appreciate the gesture. You, when you when you find a hat that you like at a store, do you you know when you you, you go shopping for clothes or items and you just sort of get frustrated that you can't find something, but then when you find it, it sort of it Bam. pops out. You get that sort of feeling like you know that that's the hat. It's kind mm. of, you need to seize it. Yeah. Well, whenever I plan to go shopping, I never get anything. But when I'm like just on the way, oh, I'll just stop by here. Oh, shit, I'm, I'm going to buy everything. You guys plan to go shopping? Gay. <laughs> <laughs> <Good. laughs> uh, I love shopping. I love shopping. I do love you, clothes. Do you buy clothes online? Yes. Yep. Yep. I find my measurement and I find the, uh, what do you call it, the conversion from US to UK or Australian. To children's. And I... Uh, <laughs> Get, get those women's, women's extra, jeans. Extra, extra small. <laughs> no, I do. I, I, it's, it's pretty risky, though, especially shoes and like stuff like Sunnies where you have to try it on because you mm. don't know what it's going to look yeah, like. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, because I've had, always had those mixed sort of thoughts about, you know, the thing is people always say buying clothes, pants and stuff that you don't want to try them on, mm-hmm. whereas some of my best sort of pairs of jeans are just bought online and they just sort of come and they fit perfectly. Like, yeah. Mm. Awesome. I have the figure See, of people a think small I'm crazy, Asian person, but... so. Honestly, I think it's, you know, it's more practical just being a nudist. Yeah, Take it yeah. from me. <laughs> and you have to spend Don't more, have to worry about it. I mean, spend look spend more money on sunscreen. He's got to cover yeah. more area. But Not even. Yeah. <laughs> Damn the man. We're nothing. If only that was an option. Yeah. It's He's, the only option. Alex is naked right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, check out what I'm doing with my willy dad. <laughs> check it out. Yeah. It's a regular puppetry of a penis in here, isn't it? It is. <laughs> <laughs> the foreskin is actually quite stretchy. <laughs> actually most of the male genitals in general can I be wouldn't, stretched. I wouldn't know, sorry. Hmm. Have you haven't you seen in Africa where they do those bizarre rituals where a boy becomes a man and they tie your penis and they circumcise, you. <laughs> they circumcise you with sticks in Africa. With sticks? With actual sticks and rocks. Sharpened stones. Yeah. And you have to, like, run around with a... Rusty sporks. With your genitals tied up. And don't uh, even talk about the female circumcision. That's gross. Real, yeah. I, I have seen the guy that hangs about five bricks off his scrotum. I've seen that one. That's How is your dad going, anyway? It's <laughs> <laughs> really hanging loose. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, I, I, I worked with a guy... When I was a lot younger, my first job was a an asphalt road crew. You're and a roadie. I was I was like the <laughs> lowest of the low on a road working construction well, team. How old were you? Fourteen? No, no, no. I'd, I'd just come out of high school, so I was six, seventeen. Mm-hmm. I was on like nine dollars an hour, and this was like I had I was living in Carlisle. I had to be there at uh, Wangara at seven a.m. And I didn't have a car. <laughs> and then it was, you know, it was like we started at 7.30 and finished whenever. Whenever it was f- finished. Mm-hmm. But that job was tough, man. It is. Yeah. Um, you eventually really develop a, a, a love for the smell of, of freshly laid bitumen <laughs> road. No, it's not such a good thing, but yeah. But then no, there, was the, there was this guy and his, his name was, uh, was Both. And he... He was Sudanese and he had two wives with him in Australia and he had, yeah, he had massive lacerations. He had about four or five on his forehead that I can remember. Mm. 
And uh, that was his initiation into manhood. They just scar you. They just fuck you. And up. what like- they do is then they rub dirt into the wound so it it, um, it protrudes. Yeah, it, it doesn't doesn't soften and just become a line. It's actually a bump. It's like a really yeah. A really. Big Have you bump. seen um Seal? You know the black guy Seal? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's he's he, he had that done as well. No. No, that's a common misconception. I thought that yeah. that was. Oh was my god! A, I thought it was an injury of some kind. No, like it's it was a it's a skin problem. Yeah, it's a um I think like it's a, a genetic. Thing? It's it's like it's similar to acne scarring. Oh, right. but um no yeah everyone wow. everyone assumes that yeah okay where did I read uh, I don't know I guess everyone just like assumed that that was <laughs> that must be so rude. the barbarism <laughs> or he managed to bag a supermodel so he didn't. Affect him mm. in any way. Yeah, <laughs> kiss from a rose, Batman forever. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I've I've recently learnt that song actually. Really playing that? Yeah, da, 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 that's yeah. that's right. He was ba, ba. a judge on one of those idol shows, wasn't he? Mm. He was. Yeah, the voice. Yeah. The voice. Oh, hey, you know what's really that. funny? Like ev- like everyone's everyone loves Seal, but really he's not very attractive at all. It's his. Uh, I think it's the his voice isn't even particularly great <laughs> either. <laughs> Like yeah, he wrote that. Well, that's he why he's a song. judge on The Voice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, think, mm, no, but no. Look, look at him objectively yeah. as a man. You know. Yeah, he's not. He's not the pretty. I guess it's probably his um his swag, like his attitude and stuff. Maybe, maybe. I mean, he, he's always kind of seemed like a, a very like lovely man. But then again, most artists aren't that attractive. But women will line up to suck their dicks for some reason. Hmm. Nick Jagger. Looks completely awful. Anyone from the Rolling Stones? Any, at this yeah, stage. anyone. Even like forty years ago. Yeah, not when they worth still look the same. I've seen. Yeah, I watched a lot of footage of the Rolling Stones. Keith Richards, like from you know when he was twenty or whatever, walking corpse, still butt ugly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's horrible. Yeah, not worth two and a half grand for a ticket. <laughs> yeah. My Rolling Stones was actually the first ever live concert I saw. Really, and I saw them for free, sitting Dude. up in a tree at Perry Lake Stadium. Uh. In- <laughs> Was it the the Voodoo Child tour in nineteen ninety six? I think it was. Okay. And they had this like the entire stage had this big metal uh, cobra snake heads just sticking out and breathed fire out across the crowd and shit. Wow. I, I must have been what eleven, twelve years old. Crazy. Watching Damn. watching Keith Richards walk around a leopard print trench coat and Mick Jagger actually getting catapulted out of the stage. <laughs> <laughs> he did a lot of drugs that night. Yeah. <laughs> My first ever gig was at the Entertainment Center. Actually, who did I see? Oh, I saw Tommy Emmanuel when I was like 11, 10 or 11 at the Entertainment Tommy's Center. Tommy's awesome. Yeah. And that was, entertainment that was pretty mind-blowing. I was like, wow, I've, I've never heard music that loud before. Do you know when you watch like your first concert and you're like, wow, this is loud. I, yeah. I got, I got a similar story. Yeah. yeah. My, my first concert was The Cause. At Ooh, the entertainment centre, they're all really attractive. <laughs> yeah, all of them. Sans the guy. Yeah, top no, notch. Just, just, just the guy. Mainly the guy. I always had a crush on the drummer, but mm. Andrea Cause, yeah, mm-hmm. they're all smoking. <laughs> but yeah, that was so loud, and I I remember being going right up to the front for this drum drum solo, whatever that was happening, and I had a guy. I was so short that there was this guy above me, and he was a really heavy breather. He was like. Mm-hmm. So all I felt was like nostril breath <laughs> on my face and shoulders. 
you feel that breeze every yeah. like two seconds. That- I was so annoying, and because it was so loud, I didn't have earplugs or anything. It just, <laughs> I like for a kid, it was just too much, and I just, I think, I'm pretty sure I started. So you could hear his breathing out. over the music, or could you feel it? I could just feel it. Yeah, yeah. and that was and then enough. Like, yeah. Man, this is nice. It's a breeze in here, and yeah, look up, and there's this jerk. Just yeah. Then, oh, then, you, then you feel the the sweaty arms rub against oh, you, and you're yeah. like, oh. I hate when being cramped in and, and jerks are like. You got their elbow mm. dug into you. Oh, I I used to love getting in the middle of mosh pits at big gigs. I think when, oh, was it Deftones when they played at Robinson Pavilion? That was a good show. That one? Yeah, I was there. Yeah. Well, was that was that for the, one of the first sound waves? Yeah, so that yeah. was one of the first sound waves. Yeah, back when it was no, that was before or after Gravity Games, because you know that's where Soundwave came from from the Gravity Games. Oh. Soundwave is actually a originated as a Perth festival mm-hmm. because it started off as a Gravity Games back in 2002, three, I think it was. Was it always AJ Matter doing it from the start? or I can't. I don't or know if he was organising it. buy into it a bit later? I'm not sure. But yeah, it started as a Gravity Games with mm-hmm. the you know uh, dirt bikes and stuff and they had the bands play and from that they decided they could just use the bands as, as themselves mm-hmm. and then that became Soundwave. So, huh, Soundwave cool. is a Perth festival. Yeah. Wow. Well, fun there fact. you go. <laughs> a bit of history for Great you, folks. Great fun facts with Johnny G. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I do miss the um, entertainment centre, though. Uh, uh, there was a lot of good gigs there. Tool? I saw I saw Tool Whoa, there. Really? I saw Faith No More. I saw Blink-182 S- there. Yeah. yeah. Soundgarden. I think I saw Pearl Jam at the Burswood Dome. And that sound wow. was atrocious. Yeah. Last Friday night, we ended up near the casino mm-hmm. at that new. Is it just a hole now? Yeah, it almost brought a tear to my eye walking. No, it's a car park now. They okay. just cleared it down and put more parking in. And I'm just looking there going, that used to be the Burswood Dome right there. The amount of memories that we have from working at that place and the yeah. amount of shows yeah. at that place. Now it's just fucking gone. Just cars parked there. It's like, oh. Yeah. But we got the Perth Arena now. But that's, The Perth Arena that is pretty fucking good, rocks. Yeah. Yeah. It really does. Aside from them having old FPOS terminals with no pay pass, <laughs> I went to Kiss there and I'm like, I had no that cash. Was and it yeah, was yeah. like, oh, like they're all old terminals. And what? Yeah. Mm. Why, Perth? Why? But yeah, the, <laughs> the cruel irony. The inside, the acoustics are fucking amazing. And the yeah. room itself is just great. I, was, I saw um, the Kiss Motley crew there, uh, yeah, Black that, Sabbath yeah. there. It's oh, oh yeah, I'm surprised. Bieber, that's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Backstage pass, boy. I think it was when I was about to burn down the arena, but no. Mm. <laughs> I heard rumors that they messed up the lighting truss, um, the roof, the capacity to hold a lighting truss of the roof. They didn't build it to standards to hold enough oh, lights, no. so that's why they have to build like an inner roof truss for the lights. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Always something, isn't it, Perth? Always something. Come on, Perth. Well, I think, yeah, well, it was designed for the tennis. You know, it was designed as a tennis stadium, and I think music came second on the agenda for the Perth Arena. But, mm. um, you can't, yeah, well, there's going to be music all year round rather than tennis, you know. Yeah. The um the opening gig was pretty good. Didn't they have a whole bunch of Perth bands actually play there? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. they had a bunch of locals. I, I actually missed that, yeah. I can't remember what happened, but it wasn't really publicized much i don't think yeah but yeah, yeah they opened it up and let a didn't, bunch of local oh, bands didn't play. siren tower do that i think we did yeah and like um 
still wore the Giants and a whole pile of other Perth bands did it from if my memory serves me correct. Yeah, I'd like to see it happen again. Let's get some local bands inside Perth Arena. Nah, ain't gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> Support yeah. bands, maybe. Mm. Um, any shows coming up for you? February 21st. At the Amplifier Bar. At the good old Amplifier. Yes, formally launching our new single, Breaking Down. Cool. Which I'm unable to share with you and your That's kind okay. audience today. Right. We'll, we'll, we'll find a rip of it and put it on the podcast. Yeah, oh, cool, man. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> we'll get it off Triple J. Do it. Maybe just hang out around my house and when I'm blurring it, get your iPhone out. <laughs> yeah. Bono style. Leak. Leak it. Leak it out, yeah. Um, who, else, who else is playing with you? Uh, we've got a band from the Eastern States named Caligula's Horse. Cool. And they are a bit kind of like genty, alternative, kind of uh, tesseracty, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And we've got Morphica. They're, they're opening up the night. And then this other Eden, I believe it is. Cool. I've heard of them, yeah. Yeah. I had no idea that Gent was... The Gent... Gent... Named just from the sound of the guitar. Is that true? Or yeah, was someone yeah. trolling me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, really? No, yeah, Apparently, yeah. yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's the sound of a of a really low palm muted chug open. Yeah, yeah. genty. Sure. Yeah. Quite, yeah. Quite a few bands are going. It it really does have a distinctive sound. Yeah. Like you know, sugar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but I think they. There's a lot of singing, right? They 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 don't really scream. Yeah. They sing. They wail over it. I think what happened, and you guys remember this as well as I do, because we were all kind of hanging out around the time when Mashuga started to get a lot bigger in Perth. Anyway, mm-hmm. around probably like 2004 and five and six, it was um, a lot of people were like, "Man, this is wicked," but I just can't handle so much of it. So other bands would start to to incorporate it, yeah. but but also the alt- alternative metal kind of alt rock. Yeah, choruses they started you know. to sing and like yeah. melodies over over the top of it because yeah. it's so. You know, if you've seen Mashuga or even heard them, you know what it's like. It's so mm. it's such a lethargic, you know, experience listening to them. Yeah, as it, a band because they're just so yeah. unrelenting and it's not. That's that's really cool. I'm I'm kind of happy that they've stayed that way as well. They haven't gone. Oh well, this you know this kind of melodic thing is the way to go now. Mm. So they've stuck. No, they're they're like the, the grandfathers of yeah that that yeah. Mm. I think North Lane do that sort of thing, and they um, yeah, and then you get the, like the the core bands, the kind periphery, of like, periphery do that as well. North Lane are, I think, they're a lot more entrenched in core, like metal core. Yeah, they're a lot more screamy, I think, and yeah. heavy, and thrashy. Yeah, I saw them when they came to Perth. Actually, was that with the Carnival? No, no, that was that was their headlining tour after they did did their album. Yeah, I'd met I'd met Josh. He's a um, he's a really cool dude. One of the guitarists, he's friends with... Or Josh, the guitarist from Northlane, is friends with Scott, the guitarist in Voyager. Cool. And, uh, yeah, I met him one time in Sydney and he's, yeah, a really lovely guy. Music, like, sonically live, they sounded phenomenal. Mm. And apparently they brought their own PA and everything. It was, just, it was wow. a r- really big undertaking for that, but it sounded so good. Yeah, because they, they, they definitely use the uh, sub drops and reverse snares and stuff. Yep, yep. Yeah, they did it. It's, it sounded so good. The music for me, like, it, on, its, on its own is just not my thing. <laughs> I don't like that style of vocals either. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, without sounding like a, a dickhead, it, 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 to me it sounds very juvenile. Mm-hmm. Really like yelly and angsty and teenagery, like 
Yeah, and I guess I can't get any, uh, to me. I can't get anything out of it. The fact that he wears a hat doesn't really help either. <laughs> <It's>, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm wearing a hat right now, so oh. I, can't, I can't. I cannot enter Don't that. Don't generalize, man. Don't gen- <laughs> yeah, but they they're cool. They're really cool. But yeah, fun fact. No idea it was because of the guitar sound. I think someone told me that it amps. Like, you do realize that's because it goes jun 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 jun. Really? Yeah. Surprised. It's kind of one of those things that if you yeah you you're kind of expecting someone to go oh, no you douche <laughs> did you really think that I thought it like stood for something like it was a, like yeah. DJ ENT like it's that's the problem though with my the the pod is it's sort of designed for the genty tunes mm. oh, okay. so I'm sitting there the you know, you've got a pod yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Or amp modeling stuff yeah yeah so I'm sitting there you know trying to find like a nice you know, clean sort of rock sound and you always just find yourself you know, Dial the gain back up. Yeah. Yeah. It's just scoop. It's scoop time. Yeah, yeah. Scoopy and super compressed and with like a gate and on gate it. Gate the crap out of it. Yeah. 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 So you don't hear the um what do you call it? The the, the, the fuck up there. Yeah. You know when the you move noise, yeah. Yeah, the string noise. Uh man, I wish I played guitar. You do, don't you? You did. You did. You played Yeah, I what did, was man. that? I saw you playing you get the Swan Basement. And you had your back turned to the audience the whole time. Yeah, that's because I was, I was really so pissed off so you about that. <laughs> I came all the way to see this prick, and he just turns his back up to the oh, audience. I was so like, um, what do you call it? Um, just uh, embarrassed. Not, cool. not embarrassed. Just um, I guess um, I can't even think of the word, but I didn't feel right playing guitar. So I'm like, I'm going to turn my back on the crowd. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make the entire room hate me. My, <laughs> my Les Pauls played at Big Day Out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I, I, yeah, I know nothing about. I, I do know that the um, what do you call it when the oh, the sustain on those balls is amazing. Like my Fender would just choke out after one mm. note, just be like, Thing. on on what are you? My, my Fender, like the on on the Les Paul, like you can really hear the difference. Yeah, it's like in the sustain, solid. It solid just it just it. rings forever when you put gain on it. Yeah, Les Paul's like a tree trunk with strings. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, really yeah, heavy, though. Solid mahogany body. Yeah. Well, I think they they make a lot of them now chambered, chambered body, so it's a bit lighter. I I know a mate that has a Les Paul, um, and he's sort of a bit sort of gloating about having the Les Paul, and I, when he wasn't looking, I sort of picked it up and played it and looked at the back of it, and I'm not going to say who it is, but it's a Japanese ripoff. Yeah, total Japanese knockoff. Mm. It's you know it's. Completely like a light, you know, or something. It feels like you know a maple, you know, lightweight, and the entire serial number on the back of the um, guitar is, I think, in tw- Japanese, tw- like twelve. <laughs> it's all <laughs> Japanese, uh, but no, it's like the serial code because all Les Pauls have an eight-number serial code, mm. which shows like the date it was made, the location, the factory, and all that stuff. Whereas his one had about twelve numbers on it, and yeah, total Japanese ripoff. So. Not to say so. that it wouldn't be an awesome guitar. Oh, no, it's a lot still, of yeah, still a good guitar. Yeah, yeah. They, they rock even, but it's not a Les Paul. Not a yeah. real Les Paul. <laughs> I got a, I got a, uh, a Strat. That was my my most recent guitar. <sighs> Are you gonna leave now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's so and much. There's so much hate for the Strats. <laughs> I, it's funny, but like it's the total hipster guitar of choice. Almost no, I, I guess the the Jaguar is. I but love Telecasts. I, I love, I love yeah, Telecasts. Uh, Tele's are awesome, but they, they're not as versatile as the Strat. And that's mm. why I, I like the Strat, because I, I got five different tones on it. Basically. It does come down to the actual sound that you're looking for as well. Mm. You know, some, sometimes, you know, a Fender makes, gets the sound that you're looking for. 
Yeah, you know, it's a single coil guitar though, like um, or the, the pickups rather, you know. So mm. it's not going to sound as big as a Les Paul. Yeah, That's like I've actually big picked up on John Five from Rob Zombie's guitar tone, and he's just using a Telecaster. Yeah, he's got a signature Tele as well. Yeah, a signature Tele just yeah. through a Marshall, and just some of the the sound that he can get out of that is just you know for that music just sounds mm. unbelievable. I, just I, I couldn't the, the shape of the Tele. It's so sexy. It is very. It's, sexy. It just looks cool. It's like sleek without being too. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Fender, Fender just released the uh, the the Squire uh, Cabernita, which is like normally it's just That's like a some Telecaster sort of Italian sausage <laughs> Cabernita. <laughs> it is. Uh, they're really cool. They've got um, instead of your normal kind of Fender pickups in like the lipstick pickup or the single coil one, it's there's like a, a Fidelitron pickups, more commonly associated with Gretsch. Mm-hmm. So you've got these way different tones, and it's just got all it's got is like a volume. Um, pot and you know like a three-way pickup selector and it sounds huge but very different but they uh, fender just came out with another one it's a squire model so it's you know it's, it's fairly cheap but it's got a fidelitron and, an, and another like a it's, it's got like a bigsby attached to it as well and it's just mm-hmm. all black and it's like tellies with bigsby's in fact i think most guitars with bigsby's just look uh, so yeah. hot even like you know your SGs and the and the Les Pauls. Yeah, yeah. even I've seen I've, I've Gibson Explorer putting, with one on there. Like yeah, I've thought about putting a Bigsby on Les Paul, but yeah, mm. <laughs> I'd have to buy another Les Paul to put the Bigsby on. So. <laughs> mm. I think there's some Bigsby's you can get that don't actually you don't need to drill into them. Yeah, yeah, it's like the clip on the back. Mm. I like keep my guitars separate. They are cool. The, the GT's got the pop pull pots, so you can actually switch between a humbucker and a single coil oh, by cool. lifting the pop yeah. up. So that's my that's the actual studio guitar, but even changing that to a single coil still doesn't get the Telecaster the Fender sound. So out twangy, sound. isn't it? Yeah, mm. it's almost too twangy for me. That's yeah, like, yeah. I just like that Strat on the neck pickup and just <laughs> smashing. It's kind of a bit jangly and mm. throwback to Jimmy and and um, Stevie Ray Vaughan and stuff like that. You know, yeah, but what? still like a little bit hipstery. <laughs> Smack it like a Springsteen song. <laughs> <laughs> what um what Effects? Do you use many effects when you play with Voyager, or is uh, it pretty? Yeah, ba- bass-wise, I use. Um, actually, no. I've always been really kind of intent on keeping it very simple, just to sound big. Mm-hmm. So I'll only ever use like a um, like a polytune pedal, like to to tune. Uh, I've got a Sans amp, just a bass DI driver. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently got. Oh, I've got a. Um, I've got a Modtone chorus pedal. It's really cool. So with that and the Sans amp, I can get the the Peter Steele kind of typo negative, really really overdriven and chorus yeah. tone for a song that we do that was dedicated to him, uh, Iron Dream. That's that sounds really cool because there's a lot of sustain in that. And mm-hmm. um, I recently got the TC Electronic Hall of Fame reverb. So now, like at the moment, I can kind of either plug a guitar through it or a bass through it, and the it's just it's just awesome. Yeah. I'd really love to get my hands on some Strymon pedals, though. The El, El, El Capistan or the Timeline pedal. Um, they're, they're, they're selling like hotcakes at the moment. They're really popular because they're, di- they're all digital, but they sound so analog. Um, yeah. Man, I'm jealous of, of like guitar players. There's so much cool stuff. Like You can yeah. collect pedals like their records. Well, that's you know, that's like, what I used to do. Yeah. I used to have like, you know, separate pedals, you know, uh, overdrive pedal, chorus pedal delay pedal you know but it gets that it got to the point for me where you start adding up just too many pedals you end up with like monkey from corn with like you know 
it's a five mm. foot pedal board yeah and that's where i decided i went for the, the line six multi effects where you can get essentially as many of those effects in one mm. unit and it's just a lot easier mm. to manage and yeah a lot of guitarists are going di now like they're not even using it that's a, the thing a, like amp modeling mm. and yeah like the you know the axe effects Don't even and, then go, amp. and then <laughs> going ahead yeah, yeah yeah well you yeah you, you need the power amp or something like that but you know like periphery like i love watching the rig rundown videos mm. premier guitar do them on youtube and they're so informative but you, you know a lot of these these guys especially the gent guys now they're just they're all going di mm-hmm. or they're using like hd mackie um like pa speakers yeah yeah um for their for their onstage monitors and things like that yeah do you do you run in-ears no have you considered totally yeah the band's yeah, considered I'd, it? I'd really like to do that i think at the moment it's just an expense that we it don't is, need to it, take on it's pretty pricey yeah um for every yeah ideally what i'd like to do especially for touring because it get it does get hard to maintain consistency um or to, yeah to make to have consistency of of your tone and mm. and the on stage sound especially yeah. when you don't have your own sound guy you if you're relying on a different in-house dude yeah. every show it's it just it gets really hard and a lot of times you can't hear a lot what's going on and i, I would love to be yeah to be able to have in-ears and then going to like a you know like a headphone amp or something on stage and we can all adjust our levels mm. ourselves and um that would be awesome yeah it's yeah definitely a lot of benefits to it i would but... love also to have a bass tech <laughs> <laughs> someone to make a huge yeah like a huge pedal board yeah so you, well, you, i'm, I'm not s- doing anything at the moment so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sign him up do you have a, a sound guy we use uh ian stewart he's the amps resident dude so a lot of times if we we only really ever play amps these days anyway so yeah okay. um will he come along to other shows as well yeah 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 he we supported devon townsend he did the sound for us at uh at metros mm-hmm. in fremantle cool. and we got a lighting guy as well he's a cool dude man he's ian's a cool dude yeah yeah, yeah. we've yeah he, he's all, he's done us for years and years so he knows exactly what we're we're about yeah um it mixes us very loud as well <laughs> you know maybe a little bit too loud but um it's yeah it's good to have someone with an understanding of of the band mm. but that's that's kind of like i guess when you're a musician like and you, you you're going through your, your career there's different tiers of success in your own mind you know For, first you know it's like oh i'd love to get this new guitar or bass or whatever then it's like oh, i'd love to get this new amp that like when i get to that level that'll be awesome and now it's like when you when you do more and more stuff, it's like I want a tech, you know, or like <laughs> yeah. I, want, I want really like high tech gear, and I want like our own sound guy, and yeah, it's just be able never. to just put, like just throw cash at someone, yeah, get them to come along. But it's just it's so expensive, you know. It is to to have to pay someone with the um... unless you've got like yeah, a friend that's got nothing better to do, or mm. will pay his own way. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's funny like when you first start out it it seems like a cool thing to have a tech but then it becomes so necessary yeah well, especially when you've got all um, these yeah you've got changeover times when you're at festivals and stuff it, mm. you're naturally just having a guy that's there to back you up that you know totally just feels so safe and, and other sound guys that yeah but like fix fuck ups for you so you can mm. keep performing instead of like oh fuck what the you know like yeah exactly wandering around the stage wondering what's going on yeah. The best thing about being guitartic is you get that applause when you walk out on stage and everyone thinks it's the band. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you've done that, that. Woo, you've done that loads of times. You do that, don't you? Yeah, don't you? yeah, I used to. Yeah, I 
stopped doing that stage work. Of, Was that uh, through EAV? Is that what it was called? No, EPA. EPA, that's it. Yeah. Would you get back into it? <sighs> I, I know the, the, the if, pay is shit. If the, if the pay yeah. was better. And you have to work with plebs and that, and then that's kind of like, you know, training with new people that yeah, don't yeah. know what they're doing. Well, so. that's the thing. It would be starting at the bottom again because I went out when new, new management took over. Yeah. And they sort of, you know, put everyone back on the bottom shelf, whereas we had sort of worked our way up and, you know, I was doing driving like luggage runs from the airports and, mm. you know, actual sort of stage calls and stuff and you sort of new management came in put everyone back at the bottom and then now i was in in the back loading trucks again doing the shit work i was like nah, yeah i'm not gonna waste my time it's getting shit paid for that crap it's hard work for what you get paid yeah you know, i did seven years of doing that stuff and injuries and stuff and, like yeah. that oh yeah, yeah. don henley owes me a pinky finger nail <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, I'm, I'm, on, the case, I'm, right? I'm on the um, incident report for the Perth International Airport because oh, we're unloading one of the 747s and we're loading these cases on and one of the wheels on the case uh, broke off and the entire case just dropped onto my finger. Uh, pretty oh. much took the tip of the finger off. And sure enough, the entire airport um, fire and rescue came racing over, sirens going throughout the entire airport to come over to check my <laughs> finger. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I missed my flight, you motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's backbreaking work for such little pay. But mm. I guess, I don't know. It paid off. I mean, it got me to good places and I met good people through it and you know, it was great work. Oh, yeah. So you're talking about so- losing the tip of your finger <laughs> or just the way? Uh, all in all, it was a great experience. I met a lot of new friends, you know. I would highly recommend yeah. losing Oh, don't worry. I've got a lot of Ambo friends now. I've got, I got some, there's a nice blood smear on the side of Don Henley's road case. So. <laughs> Uh, the stories that the stories that you come back with are so good though. Yeah, just doing mm. that stuff, just stuff naturally <laughs> happens behind the scenes. That's why I love it. It does, doesn't it? And when there's public image, you know, being carried out, and you see, you know, stuff that contradicts a lot of <laughs> yeah, a lot of their image or stuff that could I'd be like potentially damaging or embarrassing. Sweep yeah. sweep the stage in front of forty thousand people and the Dixie Chicks. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's about, what was it about forty thousand? No, was it embarrassing? Did you feel like a bit of a Dixie Oh, dick? I was just making sure I didn't trip Hi-oh. on that broom. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> Can you imagine tripping up in front of like 40,000 people? <laughs> Weren't you there when the uh, the barrier collapsed for Muse? Oh, Muse. Oh, that was a good experience, that one. And that was the Dirty Secrets as well. The yeah, because and, and Muse. what happened was they brought the crowd barrier in and set it up. And the crew that was working the day... During the day, because we worked the night, they didn't go on. They put the bolts and stuff through the through the crowd barrier, but they didn't do them up. <laughs> and the entire crowd on the Esplanade started pushing, and this barrier just sort of started collapsing. So we were on the the nighttime the show call on stage, and they had to call us over to go and fix it because there was no one else there. And so we're there with you know the entire Esplanade crowd, you know, pushing against the barrier. We're like trying to you know push them back. You know, we were getting spat at, getting shit thrown at us, and the band before had to cut their set short and they came up on stage saying look everyone needs to you know move back so these guys can get the barrier put Jeez. back together oh wow yeah yeah we, like, like we, yelling we, at you and spitting yeah at we you were like you know and we're all there you know trying to argue and organize ha- what the quickest way to put this barrier back together is with all these people yelling at us and we're almost at the point where we just about to walk out and say fuck it, it wasn't our job it wasn't something yeah. we had to do but that they could be a huge just... liability issue as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just crazy. Like if you got injured during that, yeah. yeah. Of course, 
course, at, at the end of the show, we got to throw the big blow-up um, white balls out into the crowd. So we're at the back blowing up these big white balls for Muse and throwing them to the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> Ball pumper upper <laughs> Boltech. Boltech. <laughs> so, what do you want me to do today, boss? Oh, I need you to blow these balls. <laughs> blow them up. I've blown many balls in my day. <laughs> Big white balls. Uh, Muse, Metallica. Um, Muse. Oh, we actually did Muse twice. Yeah. Muse, Every Muse, Big Metallica. Band has balls. Coldplay have balls. You need balls in the business, Daryl. <laughs> You gotta have big balls. Can't be in the business without balls, right? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fun story. So you you won't you won't go back to that anytime soon. Well, you you're in no hurry. I've to... I've thought about. It. I've spoken to some of my mates that still work in that thing, and you know I can always get work there, but it's just you know going back down to the bottom shit pay. And it's like, eh. unless yeah. I can sort of talk my way back into the good work, which I'm working on at the moment. Listen, yeah. mate. If you want shit pay, just come and see me. <laughs> <laughs> You can do a bit less work, but for the I same I thought shit about pay? it just for the perks, like, you know, trying to get work at the Rolling Stones, just, you know, pick the gigs that I want to work at yeah, and try and get yeah. the perks. But, yeah. You know, I've worked some shit gigs as well. We did did the Wiggles. We drove the little red car around the Burswood Dome. It's got, <laughs> it's got, it's, no, it's got a uh, Pioneer stereo in it. Yeah. Uh, did it have, like, an Ice Cube CD in it or something? <laughs> uh, Tupac. D- blaring in the- Ain't nothing but a I mean, I've seen some bizarre pie. stuff as well. We were unloading Gwen Stefani at Burswood Dome, all the semi-trailers. At, like, you know, road case, road case, road case, sheep, road case, road case. There was a, a sheep, like a, a big statue of a sheep. Oh, okay. Really? And it wasn't part of the show or anything. It was just in the back of the truck. Gwen Stefani, you know, a sheep. <laughs> Going for the, the live exports, <laughs> bitch. Yeah. Uh. What would they need a sheep for? I have was no idea. Was it even part of the Yeah, it wasn't part of the show, it was just in the back. <laughs> They'd come from New Zealand, have they? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Special gift. Guffed. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming. On the sheep fucking note. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for hanging out. Pleasure to be here, guys. Thanks for having yeah, it's me. Been Always fun a pleasure. Yeah. It's been two years. You were on the first one, and now you're on the first one again for 2014. That's cool. I guess yeah. I'll see you again in another year or so. <laughs> Well, hopefully it won't be that long. Um, so, Breaking Down? Breaking Down is the single, yes. Is the, so, is the, the am- new single. Amplifier, uh, February 21st. Cool. Normal Friday time, at, yeah, 8 p.m. 8 p.m. Um, yep, and we're, we're, we're also supporting an Israeli metal band. Mm-hmm. Now, they're called Orphanland, and uh, we're playing Melbourne, Sydney, and Brisbane, I believe. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Perth show, Matt's no in, Perth show. No, no Perth Just show. Just East Coast is oh. cool. That's it. Oh. Yeah, Perth misses out again. Yeah. That's okay. I mean, I, I totally get it's it. A it's a trend. We're all used to it now, so. It's expensive to come here. It is. And lose money. It's mm. so isolated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that'll be cool. And, yeah, so we've, um, if you want to check out our crowdfunding campaign thing, Kickstarter is the website to go to. I Am Voyager is the name of the campaign. A lot of bands are doing that. Yeah, that's a pretty smart thing. What, what do you don't you have to like give away something for like when like a high yeah. speed or something? What it, essentially having... it's it's you um, it's like a pre sale of the product, and however much you pledge, there's there's different rewards for there's it. There's different tiers. Of yeah, yeah. you've got like yeah. dirty underwear, used, <laughs> used guitar strings, or we have like yeah. There's a small the smallest tier, um, well not the smallest one the one. You obviously get a copy of the album and things like that, and there's also pledged T-shirts. 
Um, one of like one of a kind Polaroids of us as well. Cool. <laughs> We're gonna have some fun taking those. Um, one one of the other tiers is like um, yeah, like an exclusive listening party um, with us of the new album when the time comes. Um, there's also you can give your write out some lyrics, give them to us, and we'll write a song for it. Awesome. There's That's one pretty good. F- for even a um, like uh, I think it's an hour and hour and a half. Um, like a uh, instructional session, like a uh, music lesson. A mm-hmm. um, couple of people have gotten those so far or, or just a hangout session. Um, That'd be cool. Yeah, just to kind of shoot the shit and mm. or, 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 yeah, learn something from us. You should do a, like a, a house party gig. Yeah, well, no, that's one of the tiers. Yeah. Oh, really? Ooh, nice. Yeah, there's the, I think that, that's the top one. Yeah. Play, Obviously, play, there's some yeah. costs involved, but it's yeah. like, yeah, um, for whatever the top tier is, we'll, we'll come and play wherever you are. That's yeah. pretty cool. Nice. In there, and uh, there was oh, and uh, there's also one that we we can leave you. We can compose a phone message for your phone. <laughs> That's <laughs> pretty you know, cool. Like, do awesome. really hokey, yeah. crazy stuff, you know. So, That's yeah, cool. so cool. We got some. Yeah, we 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 got our we got to our ten thousand dollar target in three days. That's um, good, man. And now That's we're up cool. to sixteen thousand. Yeah. Cool. What are you aiming for? Ten. Ten? So, yeah. oh, you, you've blown away past. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, yeah. that's cool. So, any, yeah, anything more is just, you know, it's, it's great. You know, yeah. We can spend it on PR and stuff like that. Yeah. But the the music world has just shifted so much in such a crazy major way. It's we At first, I was really quite, yeah, I wasn't that big on the idea. Mm-hmm. But um, I think there's, there's opportunities now for bands to, to really kind of... Ha- well, there's a necessity for them to think outside the box, mm. try mm. different things, you know. Yeah, and that's the and like I I think you know we we were all talking about this as well. We have a big discussions about how we're going to go about it, but it's you know I, we're kind of almost looking forward to when this whole music industry thing just collapses and mm. has to start again better, and because it's just yeah, because it's so messed up at the moment. You're it's getting more so interaction weird. with the fans as well. In yeah, that, that sense. Well, that's right. Yeah, and if you know, we we're getting, um, you know, our, our royalty statements come back, and you know, we're doing like six thousand downloads of an album. We're getting fifty dollars for it. Like, mm. that's that's a legit number that I just quoted. Like, <laughs> it's yeah, it's 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 insane. It's it is. Yeah. So at least you know, at the at the very least, this allows us, yeah, to connect with the people that really care about us, and mm. we can, um, well, they can, they know that. Their funds are going directly to us. There's no, mm. there's no middle. Like yeah. Kickstarter is the only person that's going to be taking a little bit off the top. I think mm. the whole that whole age of transparency is is mm. the new thing now with the internet and Kickstarter. It's okay to be open and honest about needing help, and I yeah, think people identify with that a little bit, and and they're they're actually actively taking part in the production of. Oh, that's it. The album. Yeah. So th- there was yeah, there was one I, one of the other prizes as well was to yeah um, complete some drum tracking mm. on the album, you know, yeah, cool. and have oh man, I forgot all these tears. Yeah, there's there's also uh, we're doing a, a double vinyl of the album, and anyone that commits to that tier gets their photograph and name in the in the the vinyl the booklet. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, that's nice. you. You're completely immortalized. You know, <laughs> you're a part of that album. And that's yeah. really cool. That's, that's a really cool. cool interaction that no one's really been able to uh, to have before. Yeah, you've mm. directly contributed to to making to making and helping the band. Yeah, which is never before in history could you actually 
directly affect it's cool, your favorite it? band. I guess bands now like Radiohead and Nine Inch Nails and stuff like that, they're yeah. at this point now where they don't need any more money, really. Mm. But they're kind of, you know, they're encouraging piracy. Yeah. Um, music piracy. But it's Because yeah, people will still come to it's a very con- it's a, yeah, Yar! It's a, <laughs> it's a very contentious subject. <laughs> That's what we're doing. We're going to have to set up some crowdfunding. Yeah. Send out some Polaroids of us. Yeah. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. me and you making out. <laughs> yeah. Don't you guys have a, a new live stream webcam for that on the new website? <laughs> well, I, I'd love my, my, yeah, I'd love to have some form that, that's, of video. I think, in the yeah, I think that's called missionoutofcontrol.com. <laughs> <laughs> XXX. Um, <laughs> awesome. We, yeah, we, we are launching, I think by the time people hear this episode, the, the new website will be back up. Yep. New site will be ready to go and yeah for 2014 so it's a lot more functional i think before we had problems with the player yeah more interactive minor minor problems but now it's you know give us feedback let us know yeah yeah that's it yeah keep your ear to the ground um i'd say yeah like with voyager and mission control for that matter Hmm, check it out on facebook yes twitter say say hi to the gang for me will do Mm -hmm. simone danny scott and Ashley. Ash. Dude. The dude. The dude. <laughs> the dude around, around town, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to, yeah. I'll, February 21st. 21st. Is that a Friday or Saturday? Let's check. Let's check, shall we? I've derailed. I'm going to put 20 bucks on a Friday. <laughs> 20 bucks on a Friday. It is... In fact, a Friday. Yes! A Friday. You Do win the free $5 entry for <laughs> voucher, courtesy of Chicken Treat. <laughs> That'll get you a regular chips nowadays. <laughs> chicken Treat. One monster nugget. <laughs> cool. Cool. Thanks, Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. All the best. We'll talk to you soon. We'll see you at the gig. Yes, you will. And Hell thanks yeah. to everyone listening. Appreciate it. And we'll you. play you out with their new track. <laughs> <laughs> Which we don't have. Now we'll play something else. Ooh. Can you sing it? <laughs> um, yeah, probably good. I've I've haven't finished this first glass of wine yet. So <laughs> get me back later. <laughs> awesome. Take cool. care. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Adios. <laughs>